Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. We are fortunate once again this week to have Representative uh, Karen Bass, Chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, who also represents the 37th Congressional District in Southern California, to be with us again. And uh, Representative Bass, uh, things are really getting out of uh, shape in terms of uh, the spiral of this uh, uh, coronavirus. And uh, California is really, uh, I guess, a lot of, I have to applaud uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, the mayor down there, as well as members of the CBC, uh, for stepping up to the plate, uh, a lot like I'm there, even though uh, the president refers to him as a snake. But he was way ahead of the game, uh, Jay Inslee, in terms of making sure that uh, we were protecting ourselves. So I'd just like to have you comment first on that. And then I guess the other major issue that I'm getting a lot of calls on is that affirmative action has been suspended by the United States Department of Labor. So if you could just address those two issues, I know you have limited time. Sure. Well, first of all, let's start there. Uh, absolutely, the Trump administration has used this crisis, this emergency, to uh, suspend uh, affirmative action in contracts. They also suspended environmental regulations. And if you think about both of those issues and the disproportionate impact that it has on our communities, I mean, first of all, we hardly get any contracts to begin with. And a lot of the affirmative action contracts are given to other people, not necessarily to African-Americans or Latinos. If it's a white woman and she's in charge of a company, well, that's considered under, under affirmative action. So our limited resources uh, were cut even further. But I do think that when the history is written on this, this is going to be one of the greatest preventable catastrophes that we have ever experienced for the United States now to be leading by 100,000 cases. The number of COVID uh, cases in the world is just absolutely shameful. And the way he has approached this from the beginning and continues where he thinks that states should fend for themselves and he has states competing against each other and competing against the federal government for respirators and for personal protective equipment is just absolutely atrocious. He acts as though he wants to be the dictator. He has an opportunity to be a supreme commander, and he doesn't even know how to utilize that. What he should do now, what he should have done a long time ago, is take control and centralize all of the resources and then distribute them. People shouldn't have to go on the market in search of respirators. So I am glad that we were to accomplish, we did accomplish many things in the last bill, but you know there is so much more that needs to be done. And now the question is gonna be with what we pass, will it get to our people? Will our folks get the checks that they deserve? Will they get unemployment? Uh, will they get the Head Start money, the HBCUs, all the things that were in the last package? But at the same time, Eddie, we need to be prepared for the fourth, fifth, and sixth package. Six million people applied for unemployment last week, three million the week before. This is catastrophic for our economy. I don't assume that we will not do another package. I assume that we will. And so let's see what worked in the last package and what more needs to be done in our communities. What more do we need to do? That's what we all need to be thinking about. And I would love if you wouldn't mind, if your listeners would get back to you and tell you, are they getting the money? 
are they able to get on unemployment? What work that we did and what more needs to be done? Everybody can participate in shaping the future packages. Well, uh, Representative Bass, I certainly hope that our listeners do get back to Hayward and I and let us know what their experience has been, and we'll definitely uh, report back to you on that. Uh, One other uh, major item that's happening, I know the controversy, the uh, coronavirus is uh, front and center because it's so deadly, but uh, on uh, Saturday, April 4th, is the 52nd anniversary of the murder assassination of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, and, and we were asking people in, we are in Martin Luther King, Jr. County, so we have to acknowledge uh, that tragic event. And we're asking people in the city of Seattle to make some noise at 601. And we're also going to be asking people to drive up and down Martin Luther King Way because that is, uh, you know, that's social distancing. They'll be in their car. And we're going to be mm-hmm. asking people to drive up Martin Luther King streets all across America and honk your horn uh, between... Uh, 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 six, uh, 555 and 601 to acknowledge that our our warrior for, uh, for justice and peace met a, 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 a untimely uh, death in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th down there doing some work uh, uh, trying to get parity for the garbage workers. So that's the other thing that we are doing here on that on Saturday. So I, was, I didn't know if anything had been planned because I know that this deadly virus has really taken center stage, and it should. But at the same time, I think it's essential that we acknowledge the death, the murder of Dr. King on Saturday, April 4th at 601, exact time he was assassinated. Well, I'm sure we will um, acknowledge him, but I think that the very best way to acknowledge Reverend King is for us to continue this work, for us to help our people, and for us to see this crisis as a, a way for us to look at the things in our community that need to be pre- need to be prepared, repaired, and uh, and that we fight for those type things in uh, in our priorities. Well, you know, between you and the speaker, uh, Ms. Uh, Ms. Pelosi, and your governor, uh, it seems like the governors are, really need to be in the White House. <laughs> the CBC members need to be in the White House because we need to have somebody <laughs> in charge. So well, I was just, you know, we're working on that. We're working on I, that. We'll <laughs> take care of that in November. <laughs> and everybody, everybody that's eligible needs to vote, because after all, you had uh, uh, Dr. King die for your rights, okay? So and, I think that we cannot ignore. The, and remember Go the right census. Ahead. While everybody's exactly. sheltering at home, fill out your census form online. Make a phone call. Fill it out over the phone or online. Please do the census while you're at home. Okay, I'm going to get my co-host to ask a question because I know you have limited time. I don't want to shut Hayward yes. all the way out. Thank you. Re- Representative Bash, my question is going to go back to that, uh, that assessment or monitoring of the stimulus package. Is any, anything being put in place now so that they're collecting empirical data to take back to Congress so we know exactly how, it's, what, how it impacted our community, particularly in the lives of us being historically disproportionately uh, disproportionate well, well, I believe actually that, that there isn't anything in the bill to monitor what you just described. I think we need to do that on our own. And you should know that uh, I'm working with a local researcher to do a what's called a needs assessment, looking at how all of this is impacting black people around the country. And we're going to go to some foundations and uh, hopefully get some resources, because that kind of work shouldn't come from Congress. It should come from the community. 
we certainly will appreciate that. We will definitely do our part up here in Martin Luther King Jr. County in Washington State. So, Congressman, I, I, I represent Bass. I was just trying to say, is there any other business? I mean, I know you. most of the folks, are in, even in Congress, are isolated now, right? You guys have to come together and vote. You have to vote remotely. Oh. Is that right? Well, no, no, no. We haven't had anything to vote on. Uh, when we did the package last week, it was an agreement between leadership, so they did it on a voice vote. Uh, I have no idea when we're going to be. Um, I have no idea when we are going to be back in the Congress. But all okay, of well, I want to make sure you all stay safe. So, thank yeah, you. I want to make sure you stay safe. Thank you. I so is there any that. any other wisdom you'd like to impart with our listeners before well, you have to work off your next meeting? The the main thing is we need your stories. We need to know exactly what is happening in the community. That's the way we are able to fight for things in the next package. So your stories, your stories, your stories. Please tell us what is working. Please tell us what is not working. Please tell us where the gaps are. So when we do another package, we'll be sure to be comprehensive. Well, well, Representative Bass, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out today. We certainly uh, appreciate it. So thank you very much, and you stay safe. We need your leadership. And so we definitely want you to stay safe, and we appreciate your leadership. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. Okay, bye. All right. We're Hayward Evans and Eddie Ryan back to Urban Forum Northwest. Just spoke with Representative Karen Bass, Chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. And also, we now have one of the individuals who's responsible for having this county name for Martin Luther King Jr., and that is none other than former King County Council member Larry Gossett, the former BSU president and all time activist. I will go down as one of the greatest activists in, the, in Washington state history. But anyway, that's my opinion. Larry G. Hey, what's going on? All right, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye here. We've got Eric on the boards and spending some Martin Luther King. Uh, 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 making sure we play some today. of that. Okay. Good, good, good. So uh, we, do, you know, we got Saturday is uh, the 52nd anniversary of uh, the assassination that we say at the murder of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. And we know that you've been an activist for a long time, and we just like to have you especially, share with our listening audience, since the, especially since April 4th, 1968. Yes. Yeah. So we just want you to share with our listeners, you know, uh, something about something about because actually uh, I think you were taking over the president's office at the BSU and it got arrested or something on the day he was killed. So why don't you share that story with our listeners? Now, uh, at Franklin High School on March 29th, five days before April 4th, 1968, the black students at Franklin High School. Uh, called me while I was on the campus of the University of Washington because I was uh, then the chair of the Seattle Alliance of Black Student Unions. And the BSU members at Franklin were really upset. We're going to tear this school down. They don't kick two brothers out uh, in the morning. And then uh, a few minutes ago, they kicked two sisters out for wearing their hair natural. And, and they said, this is enough, we're going to war. So we got them to hold up, be cool, and we we said we'll rush right down there and talk to them about what's happening and try to help them to pressure the, uh, uh, the administration. So to make a long story short, they decided to take over the principal's office that day, making their high school the first high school in the state of Washington that had a sit-in around issues relative to the black 
uh, community in the history of our state. And 125 of the 150 black students that went to the school at that time were so upset uh, that all of them made a commitment to face getting kicked out of school and going to jail in order to get in order to get justice for black students there. So we took over the school. The school system had never dealt with anything like that before. Uh, so they gave in on the demands that let the brothers and sisters back in the school. Uh, they gave in to the demand of hiring the first black principal ever in a Seattle public school. They gave in to hiring the first black history teacher in the history of the Seattle public school system. And finally, they gave in to recognizing the Franklin High School Black Student Union, something they had not done because they said you can't have all one color in a group. So they won those, but the school board, uh, the mayor, the prosecuting attorney, all the power, white power structure at this time got so upset. They said, we have to uh, uh, do something about Franklin. what happened in Franklin. They decided to arrest the leaders. So it was on the morning of April 4th, all between 8.30 and 9.30 a.m., that Aaron Dixon, Carl Miller, Larry Gossett, Ricky Gossett, Elmer, Elmer Dixon, and Trollis Flavors, and, and um, uh, Clifton Wyatt, we all got arrested, and we were either put in juvie or the King County Jail, and we that very afternoon at 4 o'clock, after we had been in jail six hours, we heard over the TV that Martin Luther King had got killed. So that's the intersectionality between King's death and uh, the first major sit-in in, in our city's history. So that's why that day is so remembered. That's the day they arrested us, Eddie, for the Franklin sit-in. That was still a month and a half before we had to sit in at the University of Washington. That was on Malcolm's birthday, May 20th, 1968. Now, I understand that uh, you guys were uh, convicted in, uh, in the quickest trial in King County history? Right. We found all this stuff. Out cause it's amazing, uh, Eddie and Hayward, uh, the kind of research projects that graduate students uh, take on at the university. Uh, we found out about 10 years later that some graduate students looking at uh, the shortest jury trials of any tri uh, case in King County history that took over five days to have the trial where when was the shortest jury. And when they did that, they, our, our trial lasted six days. Yeah, six full days we were on trial for the uh, unlawful assembly at Franklin High School in 1968. And they said that the jury was out seven minutes. And that was the shortest jury trial for a trial that lasted five days or longer ever in the history. And we were even surprised when, before we could get downstairs uh, in the courthouse, uh, to go outside, uh, security personnel from the court said the judge wants to uh, say something to you all before you go to lunch. So we zoomed back up there, and the judge said the jury is back, and they have your verdict. So we sat down, and they came in and said that 
we were guilty. The judge said, oh, I don't need to think about this. I'm going to sentence y'all Negroes right away. He didn't say Negro. That's me talking. I'm going to sentence y'all right now. And he gave us the maximum six months in the county jail, $1,500 fine. And that was in June, a couple months after April 4th and May 20th. So how much time did you guys do? Uh, we did about seven or eight days yeah, because our lawyers had to put together what they had to put together in order to uh, uh, take it to uh, to appeal it, take it to higher court. And when we went to the higher court, uh, it was over uh, thrown, so we never actually spent the six months. But the powers of BNCI wanted us college students and high school students to spend that kind of money for advocating that two girls uh, who have worn a natural instead of straightening their hair be allowed back in the school. Um, very overt racism, but none of them saw it. They just saw it as Negroes. Matter of fact, the prosecuting attorney said, we got to do something about these outside agitators coming in and uh, uh, messing up the minds of our Negroes. First of all, we're not there, Negroes. Slavery had ended uh, uh, 103 years before this sit-in at Franklin, uh, and and I'm not a. I'll tell you, both of you, uh, Eddie and Hayward, know that I was born in Seattle, King County, Hospital. So there, there you go. <laughs> how are you, you going to be an outside agitator? But all that kind of stuff happened, uh, and it's all because. Brother King and our civil rights activists all over this country laid the foundation for us to create up here in the north uh, an expanded black power movement for economic and human human rights and economic justice. But we wouldn't have been able to do all that if there hadn't been a foundation built by the civil rights movement. And I, that's very important, and I think that's even yeah. more reason why uh, Hayward and I, with the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, mm-hmm. uh, was asking people to drive up and down Martin Luther King at 601 and, and honk their horn. That's social distancing. You're in your car. You're not yeah. next to anybody. And also, uh, you know, it's something that we have have got to do. Uh, yeah. Some people, well, you know, is that yes, essential to us, to African descendants of the United States enslaved, who had absolutely no rights until Dr. King and others came along and gained rights for us, even though yeah, uh, the right wing has them under attack right now. Right. A hundred years after slavery, it so-called was eliminated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, you know, Councilman Gossett, I, I want yeah. to sort of fast forward, because uh, you were on the county council when it, when it renamed this county from after Alabama slaveholder Martin Luther King Jr. County. Can you share with the listenership the challenge that you went through? Because it was a five to four vote. Um, um, well, it wasn't a five to four vote. It was a five to, I, I'll explain that. Uh, yes, uh, I was honored enough to be on the county council. Actually, Hayward, it's the cat sitting next to you at our annual Martin Luther King celebration at Garfield High School. Uh, on the third Monday of January, 1999, uh, that put forth the proposal to Councilmember Gossett to me 
that this is ridiculous. Uh, we in '86 uh, we made Dr. King's birthday a national holiday, and here we are living in King County, and the King County Council has already signaled that they would like to name this county after Dr. King, and that was the five to four vote. Uh, is led by Ron Sims and Bruce Lane. We got one Republican to vote for that uh, back then. But the only entity, Hayward, that has the full authority uh, to change the name of a county is the state government. So when Eddie put that demand to me and I looked up and 3,000 people were giving uh, his suggestion a roaring uh, uh, agreement and thunderous applause. Uh, it, I did all the research and I found that we have to get the state legislature to change the name of this county from William Rufus to Van King. And you're right, uh, Hayward. He was a Georgia slave owner who had been the vice president of the United States in 1852 under Franklin Pierce who became the president that year. And when uh, Rufus Devane King, the person after whom King County was named, Pierce County was named after Franklin Pierce, uh, when uh, uh, Mr. De- uh, Rufus Devane King uh, was vice president for five weeks, he died. And there was 169 slaves on his plantation when he died. So when we found all that out after 1999, we said, oh, this is a horrible person after whom our county should be named. We need to change it to King. The second demand that Eddie and the uh, audience of enthusiastic activists gave us on that day is that they want the logo of our government to be changed from an imperial crown to the actual image of Martin Luther King Jr. And they said nothing could be more inspirational and symbolic of democratic change than that. So we adopted both of those uh, goals in 99, and it wasn't until 2005 that we finally got the state Senate, the State House of Representatives uh, within the same month. Uh, to vote to change the name of the county up here, the biggest county in Washington State. And then uh, two weeks later, the governor, Christine Gregoire, came up to King. She honored us by coming to King County uh, Courthouse uh, to give us the honor of signing the legislation and officially changing the name of our county to honor Dr. Well, you King. know, I have to give uh, uh, Adam Klein, Senator, he was Senator State Senator Adam Klein introduced legislation uh, eight times, yeah. and I think Senator no, Bob no, Gower yeah. did in, in the House. So anyway, so uh, no, but the was, job got Eddie, Eddie. He was in the Senate. Oh, Senator you Bob was in the Senate. Our girl, our girl ran against him. Uh, uh, he was in the Senate. He used to be in the House, then he went to the Senate. Yeah, I thought All he was right, in so the House. I thought he was in the House when uh, the uh, Martin Luther King legislation was. I'm stand corrected, uh-huh. but he was, got he done. That's the most important. Because he got the Senate to vote forty-seven to zero in two thousand and five, and then we took okay. it to the House, and Sharon Tomiko Santos and others uh, got the uh, House to, to vote sixty-two to forty, 
in favor of the legislation. And then the governor came up to King County and signed it. Then we started working on the logo change, and it was uh, six, uh, 2007, the beginning of 2007, before we were able to get seven votes out of a, council, a legislative branch of nine people to support the idea of changing the logo. So then we celebrated again, as you guys will recall, the change of the logo, and that really set off people's recognition of this being Martin Luther King County, the only geographic jurisdiction in the world community named in honor of Dr. King. But it was all done through multiracial people's struggle led by Seattle's black community. And Eddie, you the one that first suggested that we do this. So you well, and were also- both right when you said <laughs> I was one of the people that pushed this. Well, I mean, you you took the ball to ran with it. I mean, I mean, you have an idea, but somebody got to implement the idea. So I will yeah, forever I mean, give you credit for taking, because you were elected official, a King County Council member, and you took yeah. the ball to ran with it. So we'll be forever grateful for you taking that position. Yeah. So, brother Gossett, thank you very much for your time today, and we encourage people to do something at six oh one at the time Dr. King was murdered on Saturday, April fourth. Uh, including people that can drive up and down Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Seattle. Oh, are you talking about 6.01 p.m.? Right. Oh, okay. There won't be any traffic. Uh, There's everybody in the house. I hope y'all get that word out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just think it's important that we, it's essential. They say only essential travel and essential, that it's very essential for black folks to recognize Dr. King and what he did for us. And we went from gaining voting rights, civil rights. Uh, is, is that a six oh one event on April fourth? Not the yes, day. I just want to be clear. We are April fourth, a Saturday. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. We appreciate your decades of leadership. Thank you. Thank you for that history lesson. That was excellent. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick Bye-bye. break. Uh, I want to thank Larry Gossett for sharing that history with us. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back right after this. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? 
List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, what happens? Betty Bryant back at Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, we have uh, our next guest is Reverend Dr. Kenneth J. Ransford Sr. Almost a doctor, okay? But anyway, I'm getting accustomed to saying that because he is going to be a Reverend Dr. Kenneth J. Ransford, the senior pastor of Greater Mount Baker Missionary Baptist Church, a former Black Student Union president at Southern Cal University and an all-star football player with the late Nesbitt Glasgow at Gardena High School in California. So, Reverend Ranser, uh, Haywood Evans, and Eddie Ryan on the line with you, sir. So I just oh, wanted, oh. Uh, we had talked earlier about, uh, about uh, your connectivity with uh, the civil rights leaders, and as we know, uh, Reverend Joseph Lowry passed away on Friday the 27th. He was a stalwart in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. So if you could just share uh, some of your memories of uh, Reverend Lowry and other folks uh, that you had experience to meet and get mentored by, that would be very beneficial to our listening audience. Okay, Eddie, it was so good to be on the show, and thank you for all that you're doing to be advocates uh, through broadcasting to keep uh, keep the hope of freedom and justice alive, uh, uh, not only in our community but throughout. Yeah, when I was in seminary at Morehouse School of Religion, uh, we were exposed. All of, all of our students were uh, exposed to people like uh, Dr. Lowry and um, Daddy King, Benjamin E. Mays, Coretta King, all the King family, uh, Y.T. Walker, and so many, Jesse Jack, all of them. Uh, Atlanta in the 80s uh, and still is was the mecca uh, for civil rights uh, while we were there. And that's what we were taught in at, uh, at Interdenominational Theological Center, where I was a student at the Morehouse School of Religion, graduate graduate school. And a lot of those were on our board. Uh, one day, our church, my the pastor I was working under said that uh, Andrew Jackson is going to uh, not, uh, Andrew Young, not Andrew Jackson. Scratch that. <laughs> Andrew Young was going to be our afternoon speaker. So I'm thinking there's another Andrew Young. I look up. And is the Andrew Young, and I didn't know that he was a preacher at the time. And I was like 22, 23 years old, just started preaching at age 21, and had the opportunity uh, to sit right next to, to Andrew, Andrew Young. And so we, we had a chance to talk with them, to, to eat with them, you know, just like regular church, church, church events and so forth, and, and they were always available. And Joseph Lowry was one of those uh, as well, where we were able to pick their brain, to listen to their stories, and be inspired and encouraged uh, to stand on the wall for our people and all people. Now, Pastor Ransford, uh, on April 4th, you know, is the 52nd anniversary of uh, the assassination <clears throat> murder of Martin Luther King, Jr., and we're asking people to make some noise. Haywood has a press release that's gone out. I think he has something on KRIZ Radio as a article on the front page of the facts today that shows Dr. King in the casket with his family surrounding them, because we hear about him being assassinated and stuff. But when you see that picture, 
uh, needs to also be posted on Facebook. When you see that picture, it really resonates on what this man gave up for our rights. And right now we have some people talking, well, my vote don't matter. Well, you know, you didn't always have a vote. And if you don't start voting with the way the things in the White House are going, you won't have one. So it's time for everybody to stand up and rededicate themselves to civil rights and economic justice for African descendants of the United States and slaves. Because I remember I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, and for the first 10 years of my life, I lived in Shreveport, and then riding on the back of the bus, I never saw anybody other than black folks ride on the back of the bus. So it's always been uh, something that has been aimed directly at us since we got here 400 years ago. Now, the other thing that you were involved with, I want to congratulate you for being uh, appointed to be on the selection committee for uh, the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, a.k.a. the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. Uh, so I just want to congratulate you on that because uh, you're right mm -hmm. down the street uh, from that center on 22nd and Jackson, and you're on 25th and Jackson, right? Greater right Mount down Baker? the street. Right. right down the street. So, so uh, we know you know that community well, and you know what our people need, and you know what's been happening with our opportunities. Uh, they're microscopic, and we just talked to uh, uh, the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, one of your homegirls, uh, Representative Karen Bass from Los Angeles, yeah. and we're yeah. talking about they suspending affirmative action. We weren't getting any action to start with. That was measurable. So uh, those are some of the things that I hope that uh, you continue to champion and uh, I know you were in a lot of demonstrations when Sound Transit first got started. Yes. As a matter of fact, things were going so bad at one time in the early days of Sound Transit, you said Sound Transit sounds tragic for black people. And uh, that led <laughs> to Ron Sims, then county executive and chair of the Sound Transit board, holding up the first contract at Sound Transit for 45 days. So uh, Reverend Dr. Ransford has some impact when he speaks up. And having that DSU background... Uh, always comes in handy. I like working with BSU people because they've been there and they know what it's about. Uh, yeah. Pastor yeah. Ransford, the other thing, too, is that I wanted you to comment on uh, the contravirus, and I know you're doing your service uh, uh, remotely by, by by Facebook. Is that it? Yes, uh, Facebook and conference call, because not everybody's on Facebook. And I, I'm not even on Facebook. I'm trying to get on it now. <laughs> But I do realize the effectiveness of it, of it and that there are people on there. But not everybody is on Facebook, so they're able to call a conference call. They can't see me, but they can hear me. They can hear all the services and what's going on, and it's been a positive response. We did it for the first time last, uh, this past Sunday, and uh, my, even my mother called in. Uh, just touched my heart. My mother called in on the conference call. Of course, she's one of those who don't have Facebook. My sister has Facebook. Uh, all the way from California, her and her uh, and my brother-in-law, and and people uh, really tuned in, and and they're still pulling it up. And so I just uh, encourage uh, those, all of us who are on, under the stay-at-home order, uh, to realize that the building is closed, but the church is always open. And that's always so good to hear. I want to see if uh, Hayward, if my co-host Hayward Evans, have any questions or comments for you, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, Reverend Bransford. First, thank you for being here. You know, my, my question is going to go back to, uh, uh, and uh, Representative Bash talked about it. Can we put a mechanism in place? Is it possible to establish a system 
to help uh, monitor the, uh, the that stimulus package. Because when that money comes out, you know, historically, we're always disproportionately treated. We don't get our fair mm-hmm. share of the pie. But if we don't mm-hmm. present empirical data back to Congress, then they're going to say, well, we didn't, we didn't know this. You have, you have no empirical data. So you see a possibility of, of the, the church leadership in, in our community coming together to just monitor people to see if they're receiving their fair share of the pie. Well, we better. Because we do have, you know, uh, we do believe what the Bible says, that all things work together for good for them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. That maybe God is wrecking this system so that the right system will have a chance to be put in place. You know, sometimes you have to demolish a building. Well, you have to demolish a building to build a new one. Uh, on on, uh, but sometimes the foundation has to be broken up, and a new one needs to be laid. And uh, I think that that's what, as we look at this coronavirus crisis, you look at all of the systems that we have put all of our hope and trust and love and attention and and efforts in are shut down. You know, we like the you know dining out is a big thing here in Seattle. Shut down athletics. Uh, shut down we can't even get you can't even get a ping pong tournament let alone a football game uh uh entertainment shut down all those things that we have we have put more emphasis on than people are being shut down and so now uh the government in a sense is being forced they're 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 stalling and they're trying to fill a bus and everything but all the things that they have tried that they have taken away from uh, the poor, the disadvantaged, the elderly, the sick, uh, people of color. They're, 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 they're now trying to find ways not to do it, but they're going to have to do it. And so we need to monitor it, make sure it's done, continue to be an advocate, uh, and look at the system, uh, how it's being uh, destroyed. And it is being destroyed, uh, uh, that a new one of justice for all people, that uh, that whatever funds are going to be uh, allocated, that uh, the poor and disadvantaged get it first, not the rich and the wealthy, and we need to we need to be strong advocates and determined advocates about that. Well, Reverend Rash, before we go, I just once once again want to thank you for uh, uh, being on the selection committee to appoint the board of directors for. The Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, also known, will, will be known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. So thank you very much, sir, and I will be in touch with you soon. So thank you for your time thank today. You. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rev. Thank you. Thank okay. You uh, all right, now. Okay, uh, Eric, I guess we'll take a quick break and come back with Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Our next guest is uh, State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, uh, the sponsor of House Bill 1918 that created the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, which we voted. It will be called the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, and she was the sponsor. And we want to thank you again because uh, I circulated. Since you weren't going to be on first, I went ahead and circulated the names of the selection committee members who will appoint a board for the Public Development Authority. So we can't thank you enough in our community, Representative Santos. We really do appreciate uh, the, the, the stand you took and all the heat you had to take and all the stuff you had to go through, but you got it done. So thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Eddie and Hayward and all of the members of the community who helped uh, support this effort by writing in and calling in. Um, I do need to um, make sure that I acknowledge um, that, again, this was not an individual effort. This was a collective effort um, that not only enjoined members of the community, but uh, I have to hold out um, State Senator Rebecca Saldana, uh, State Representative Eric Pettigrew, um, my 37th district um, uh, delegation um, partners. I also want to hold up uh, and thank uh, the members, the representatives of the McKinney Coalition uh, broadly, uh, in particular those who participated in uh, the group that chose the selection committee, uh, the Reverend Dr. Carrie Anderson, uh, the Reverend Paul Benz, uh, the Reverend James Broughton, uh, the Reverend Eugene Lewis, and the Reverend Dr. Robert Manaway, uh, Sr. Um, they all put in a lot of time and effort and prayer into um, this. And so I couldn't be happier uh, with the breadth of experience and knowledge and connections um, that are represented in the members of the selection committee. I know that you've already mentioned their names, but um, just to be repetitive, uh, Constance Connie Bone, Camila Brown, uh, Dr. Heather Clark, uh, Robert Flowers, and the Reverend Kenneth Ransford Sr. Um, as you know, these are uh, remarkable leaders uh, in our community, and I am just 
so grateful that they have accepted um, the tremendous uh, task and challenge of putting together the inaugural board for the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. So really, um, our, our community-wide gratitude needs to go to them. And, and uh, well, we know that uh, you took the lead, and we appreciate everybody's support. As a matter of fact, I've been posting uh, some of the, the pictures from 2019 in this last legislative session showing, uh, you know, the members of the coalition that showed up and went around on, not only to all of the, as many of the members that would talk to us as possible, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, as Jesse, the former state representative Jesse Weinberry said, it's absolutely amazing to have a bill go through the House and the Senate without any opposition. And he exactly. said that's a, a rarity. So uh, we're going to be working so to make rare. sure that it is successful, and we have got the support of uh, uh, Larry Brown, uh, president of the Washington State Labor Council, April Sims, the secretary treasurer, uh, Dave DeHunt, president of the Associated General Contractors, uh, Shadé Moore, president of uh, chair of the C.L. King County Martin King Organizing Committee, uh, Bobby Alexander, who's the vice chair, and a, a number of other people who have signed on. And, I mean, I got about 100 names. I can't mention all of them. But we've been definitely highlighting the people who showed up, who came down to Olympia, and who stood shoulder to shoulder uh, with you and others to make sure that uh, well, we were able to get this thing done. And I think uh, next next session, uh, with the kind of support we're building up and being operable, uh, you know, we should be able to do some things. It's my understanding the city has some funds that's going to be allocated to the board. There's also an allocation from the state uh, uh, for the uh, entity as well. And we're going to be working with all the other local governmental entities, too, to make sure they support uh, a lot of the elected officials uh, signed on to support equality through supporting I-1000. And now they can do it uh, as individuals or as leaders of various government agencies to really illustrate what they really meant by saying they support uh, equity and equality for all. So we'll see about that. And uh, Larry Gossel was on earlier, and he mentioned you uh, a little earlier uh, about uh, your involvement with uh, supporting the legislation to change the name of uh, King William Rufus B. D. Vaney King to Martin Luther King Jr. County. And uh, so yeah. uh, I know you and Senator Hasegawa were both involved in that. I know that Senator Adam Klein had introduced legislation like seven or eight times before it finally passed. So we want to thank you for that, too, because, you know, April 4th, Saturday, is uh, the 52nd anniversary of the murder, assassination of Dr. King. And we were asking people to make a noise at that exact time. I don't know if Hayward sent you a copy of the press release that went out, but at 6.01 there's also a, a picture of uh, on the front page of the Fax newspaper, and Hayward also has a spot on KRIZ asking people to make a noise in remembrance of Dr. King at the time he was assassinated on April 4th at 6.01 p.m. So I just wanted to mention that as well since you had been so involved in doing oh, so yeah. much for Dr. King and the community. Well, that was. So now, um, I want to congratulate you, you too. You were out serving meals a day to the elderly in the international district. Yes, we. I just came back, and um, you know, uh, one of the things that I mean, I have an elderly father, and I worry about him all the time because, uh, for some reason, I guess once you reach the ripe old age of ninety-two, you think you're invincible. So we have to keep telling him, no, don't go outside. Um, you can't go to the grocery store, not even Bartels. 
Um, and so it was really my honor to partner with my um, late husband's uh, former organization, Interim Community Development Authority, to uh, go throughout some of the uh, low-income elderly and low-income family um, housing um, uh, developments um, and distribute uh, bags of groceries and uh, a hot meal um, to one we we delivered in three different uh, apartment buildings. So that was well, that was Pastor Russell said you you guys were doing some Jesus work, which is good, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just wanted to find out in terms of. Uh, what do you foresee in terms of time? I guess we're really under constraints right now with this virus, and I'm not going to encourage anybody to try to do anything out of the ordinary other than just stay safe and stay inside. But uh, I guess it's hard to do any kind of projection until we get to the end of this deal. And I see that uh, Vladimir Putin is sending uh, some uh, uh, respirators over from, from Russia. I just heard that in the news earlier uh, this afternoon. Oh, interesting. And I was just saying, is that the state, I mean, uh, I have to commend uh, Jay Inslee, uh, Governor Jay Inslee, uh, County Executive Dow Constantine, and Mayor Jenny Durkin have really for taking the lead and being ahead of the curve uh, in this thing and, and preparing people to go and uh, uh, have somewhere to go in terms of being treated. Uh, with your perspective on what's happening right now with the, with the coronavirus and the response to it. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad that you're um, holding up and holding out uh, the governor and the county exec and the mayor uh, because, you know, they stepped out early, and it was not very popular, um, I, have to, I have to say. Um, but it was really for our own good as a state, uh, as a county, and as a city um, to step out boldly and um, very uh, uh, firmly. Um, with this. We know that there are hardships, and at the state level, I can say that we are working very, very hard, and at least the governor and the governor's staff is working very, very hard and in cooperation with members of the legislature to identify where um, can we make some certain exemptions uh, around some of these uh, situations. So, for example, one of the things that you noted is, uh, you may have noted, is that the governor relaxed his edict on uh, no holding funerals anymore, recognizing that what, uh, especially in the face of this deadly disease, what an important um, cultural and customary tradition it is to be able to um, pay our final respects to our loved ones. And so um, they are painstakingly going through a variety of different scenarios for different industry sectors. Uh, for different types of workers to um, make a determination around whether or not it's safe for us as a state to create certain kinds of exceptions. And again, you know, I, I hope um, uh, it's clear to uh, your listening audience that this is not about holding back work. Um, this is really about saving lives. Um, okay, and with guess, that, uh, Representative Santos, we're out of time. I'm sorry we got started a little late, but uh, okay. I'll find time, and hopefully you'll have time to join us again so we can keep the community apprised of what's going on with the uh, Community Preservation Development Authority. So thank you very much today for your time. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, uh, thank you for joining Eddie Ryan Hayward Evans on another edition of Urban Forum Northwest.
And I'll get to all my sponsors next week because we are out of time. So thank you, Eric, for Mahalia Jackson and operating the boards today.